Welcome to Good Enough Parenting, the place where not-so-perfect parents tune in to be reminded that our kids are going to be okay, even if we don't always know what we're doing, are making a million mistakes, and trying new things. I'm Carly Aroldi, a family play therapist, childhood mental health expert, and good enough mom of two. I may be the expert in childhood mental health, but you are the expert on your kid. And by combining my practical, peaceful parenting tools with everything you already know about your child, you and your family will experience more calm, more connection, and more cooperation in your daily life. So let's throw out the idea of the perfect parent and remember that our kids just need us to be good enough. Because if you don't feel like yelling at your kids sometimes, you're not spending enough time with them. Let's jump in. Hi, good enough parents. Happy Thanksgiving. I hope today's episode finds you basting a turkey or mixing some pie together or doing some dishes after a family feast. But this is coming out on Thanksgiving. And if you're actually listening to it on Thanksgiving, I'm really appreciative that you're taking a few minutes out of your holiday to hopefully reset yourself, nourish yourself with a little nuggets of good enough parenting wisdom as we jump into the holiday season together. And one of our traditions in our house that have has been since I was a really little girl was to watch the Thanksgiving Day Parade. My friends have made fun of me since I was young, which I've been obsessed with the parade. I love it. I love the Broadway shows at the beginning. I love the floats. I love the bands. I love all these different pieces of Americana coming together in this big, weird tradition of a parade. So we watch it every year in our house. And one thing that comes with the parade are also commercials, commercials for all of the fabulous toys that we can buy our children over the next few weeks before the December holidays approach us. Oh, aren't we so lucky? We have such a plethora to choose from. And I wanted to spend today because I've gotten a lot of messages from family, from listeners asking about how do I get my kids to be more grateful? How do I get my kids to be less entitled? How do I not turn my kid into a spoiled little brat? So I wanted to spend a couple minutes today talking about how we can cultivate what we call in our house an attitude of gratitude with our young children in the world. So let's jump in with some ideas. So the first way we get our kids to kind of not feel so entitled or feel so spoiled is to remember, and this is really true for young, young kids too, that less is more. So, you know, around the holiday time, everyone's trying to throw so much stuff at us in terms of gifts and presents and all these other things. But we know from all of the research that children actually play more when they have fewer options of toys. So it's kind of counterintuitive, right? We think that like, oh, if we give them a bunch of stuff, they'll have so much to choose from, but that's actually really overwhelming to them. And it's difficult to make a decision when you're surrounded by so much. And so the idea of having some like, you know, well-chosen toys that like light your kid up is so much more important than having like the newest, the latest, and also, especially with early childhood, like wooden blocks people, that is the best toy to get a young child that's like, you know, pre-K age rather than like, oh, this fancy new technology of a toy that can do 8 million different things. And what's tricky about this is that our kids are being raised in a culture that's telling them, oh, all this extra toys, all this extra stuff is going to make you happy, right? We have this consumerist culture, adults struggle with it too, but it's our job as the parent to be able to set limits on the stuff and hold the space for the feelings around those limits. 
So what does that look like? It's okay to say no to things. I know that feels kind of basic, but I want to give you permission because around this time of year, it's really hard to kind of hold your no sometimes. So let me give you a little example of what this looks like in our life. This was a couple years ago. I think my daughter was about in kindergarten and we were going to a toy store just to buy a gift for her friend's birthday. I think you can already know where this is leading to, but we had all the preliminary conversations, right? We had said, hey, we're going to the toy store. We're only getting a toy for, you know, let's say Margaret and um, it's Margaret's birthday. We're not getting anything besides a toy for Margaret. So let's go together and do that. And of course she was all on board. Yep, just for Margaret, mom, let's go. We get into the toy store and of course she sees something that she just needs to have. She's like, mommy, I've been waiting my whole life for this one special toy that will bring me happiness. And I did that ACT limit setting we've talked about in the past, right? I acknowledged, wow, that toy looks so cool. You really want it. So I acknowledged it. Then I communicated the limit, but we're only getting something for Margaret today. And then I gave two alternatives, right? You can put that on your birthday list or you can save up your allowance money and get it a different time. So you're validating that feeling of, I know you want this and I'm still setting the limit and saying no. And then the feelings come and the kids are allowed to have feelings around our no. We're not going at them with logic and reason in these moments because they're not available for it. So if I go out her with logic like, come on, that you have 8 million other toys that are just like that in your house and you never play with them and that looks just like what so-and-so got you for your birthday and we don't need another toy. If I'm going at her with all the logical things that my adult brain is saying, she's not hearing that. All she's hearing is more fuel for her fire. That's more stuff that she can either argue against or like, for example, she can be like, well, no, but that doll has blonde hair and this one has brown hair and this is so much more important. So I'm not giving her anything to argue against in that moment. I'm not using logic, but I'm also not getting mad at her for wanting it because it's okay to want things. And I want her to kind of, you know, crave things and want things. That's part of being human, but also hearing that no. And, you know, it didn't get crazy. She wasn't like tearing things off the toy store walls, but we sat down in the toy store for quite some time to just say, oh, I know you really want this and we're not getting it. And it's okay to feel sad about that. And it's okay to feel mad about it. We even had the toy store manager come over like, can I help you guys with anything? And I'm like, you know what? We're just having those feelings you have when you can't get exactly what you want at the toy store. And he's like, yep, I see it every day, friends. Good luck. And I'm like, don't worry. I know I'm the grown up. We're not leaving here with this toy. This toy is living in this store. We're just going to hold space around the feeling for it first. So that's a big piece of helping kids be appreciative is okay to say no. This can get a little tricky when it comes to grandparents. I know there's so many grandparents, my kids' grandparents included, that love to show their love through gift giving, through sharing things. And I always kind of, you know, give a little grace to this because your kid is not going to get spoiled just because grandma and grandpa show up on Christmas Eve with an armful of presents. That's okay. It's more about what are we doing in our day-to-day to appreciate what we have and set limits around getting more that we don't actually need. And also sometimes that spoiling that a grandparent does is a real special connection between two kids or between a child and their grandparents. So we don't want to remove that from them either. The second thing to cultivate this gratitude is to really model it yourself. So not only are you saying thank you 
at the diner. Thank you to the, you know, person at the CVS counter. Thank you to somebody holding the door for you. But you're also thanking your spouse. You're thanking your partners. You're thanking your neighbors. Even if it's something as small as, oh, hey, babe, thank you so much for putting the laundry in for me. Or, hey, thank you for making my lunch for tomorrow. That was really helpful for me. I didn't have to order something. So showing it in your own home life, a lot of thank yous, a lot of gratitude, and also thank yous to your kids. So for example, if my kids get ready in the morning without much of a fuss, which does happen sometimes, I thank them for that. Thank you guys so much for being so cooperative this morning. It really starts my day off in a better place. Or thank you so much for clearing your dishes or, you know, thank you for getting started on your homework right away. So thanking your kids for things that they're doing actually makes them feel good and you're modeling for them that state of appreciation. Also, we have something in our house called the warm and fuzzy jar. We don't have it all the time, but it's one of my favorite play therapy techniques where it's just a mason jar and I have little cotton balls. And every time my kids do something that gives me the warm and fuzzies, right? Whether they're really kind to each other or they go out of their way to like help us if we're unloading groceries and they come out and they help us, I put something in the warm and fuzzy jar, a little cotton ball. And it's a visual representation of how this good feeling can kind of swell up in you when your kids are are being cooperative and doing things that you want to see and you're kind of reinforcing it. And then when that warm and fuzzy jar gets filled up, maybe we have a pizza dinner or maybe we do a movie night or, um, you know, go and get a special ice cream at the store. So we celebrate each other with these warm and fuzzies too. So that piece of modeling for yourself, what you want to see in your kids in terms of gratitude is uber important. The third is helping your kids think of fun ways to say thank you to people. So, you know, we all know we can write a thank you note or call someone after we get a gift or something, but what are some outside of the box ways that we can show appreciation to each other, right? It might be, hey, we're at the grocery store and, um, you know, grandpa's favorite cookies are in. Should we get some for him? Yeah, that's a way of kind of thinking of someone else and appreciating someone else. Um, You know, we were baking a loaf of pumpkin bread the other day and I was like, you know what, we have enough to make two. Should we make one for one of our our neighbors that gives us vegetables all summer long. Yeah, that sounds great. We do this with our kids and their coaches, right? So at the end of a season, we talk about, wow, think of how many nights your coach had to have dinner away from his kids because they were coaching you or she was coaching you. And what do you think we can give the coach or show the coach? How could we show their our appreciation to them? And my son one time was like, well, my coach is always drinking coffee, so definitely a Dunkin' Donuts card. I'm like, great. Wait and notice something about somebody and then show your appreciation in a way that they would really feel appreciated. Um, people ask this all the time for teachers. Like, oh, what do you guys get your teachers at the end of the year, at the holiday time? And teacher feedback over and over again is a thoughtful card, something, a picture, something handmade, something that's actually showing a kid's appreciation means so much more than any sort of physical object. But I will say, being married to a teacher, gift cards too. Gift cards are really the way to go with teachers, but also making it memorable and special and something personal from your kids. So fun ways to show appreciation is another way to go. So another activity we do in our house is something called the season of giving. And what this looks like is from after Christmas through Easter, usually April time, we ask that anyone that would, in our family, that would be giving our kids something, because, you know, sometimes my grand 
the grandparents will come and I'll just get a little like $5 something here, a little treat over here or something we might think to get for the kids. And we asked that we actually save that money that we would spend on ourselves so we can donate it to an organization or a charity in April. So then when April comes along, we might have, you know, 20 bucks, 30 bucks or something that even more we would have spent on ourselves in those couple of months. And then if my kids have any allowance money they want to donate as well, they each choose an organization that speaks to them. So last year, my daughter chose um, an animal shelter because she's really into animals. And so she chose a local animal shelter to give money to. My son is really interested in military history. He donated to wounded warriors. And so this feeling of, hey, if I cultivate what might be given to me and I actually spread it somewhere else, it's such a good feeling. And that feeling of I'm taking my prosperity or or this abundance and actually sharing it with others, that's what gives us this feeling of appreciation. This is what gives us this feeling of not being entitled, right? This doesn't belong to me. I can keep passing it along to somebody else. And my kids still reflect on Like my daughter got a little postcard from the animal shelter with different pictures of puppies on it and it still hangs on her wall because she's like, I think I saved those puppies lives. And I'm like, okay, girl, slow your roll. Maybe, maybe not exactly saving all their lives, but you definitely got them a little kibble. You definitely got them a little treat. And so this idea of this feeling of autonomy and power that can come with sharing and giving and generosity is really helpful for child development as well. And you can start this really young. We started it, I think, when my son was about three. So, you know, the it means more as they get older, but you can start this stuff really young. And then the final piece is to really encourage reflection. So this might mean Every night at dinner, we do, hey, give me two moments of the day that you were grateful for, two things that happened today that you were grateful for, every day at dinner, every day right before bedtime. And when we started this when my son was two, and literally every night at two years old, he's like, Abby and Elmo, Abby and Elmo from Sesame Street. That was what he said every night for like months. And then one day he was like, Abby, Elmo, and Mater, (laughs) Mater from lightning McQueen, whatever them cars and so he started to think about things that are making him happy things that are he appreciating we started that at two and now things might look different like oh i'm really grateful for making the basketball team or i'm really grateful for um you know my fun time with my friend after school today so cultivating that attitude of gratitude is really special we also have we started this in our house this year so i'll let you know how it goes in january but uh in january we started a fun times jar and every sunday we look back on our week and then we say, what was something fun that happened to us this week? What was something special that happened to us? And we write it on a little post-it note and we stick it in the jar. And it's been filling up throughout the year. And the goal is we're going to open it in January and be like, wow, look at all the experiences we had this year that were so fun and special. It could have been, you know, we went pumpkin picking or we went to my cousin's baby shower or, you know, we saw this really special 3D movie and it was so exciting or we did an outdoor movie night little things that we're doing throughout the year that then when we appreciate them all together in January, we can really say, wow, what an incredible year that was, right? Maybe there were some ups and downs, but we have so much to be grateful for. So that's our jar of fun times, we call it every Sunday night. And then finally, we do at the dinner table, 
Sometimes, not always, we've actually fallen off track recently, but Thanksgiving is a good time to get back on track. We do what's called a loving kindness meta meditation, where we kind of just take a minute, get quiet for ourselves, and we say, may I be healthy, may I be safe, may I be happy, and may I be at peace. So you start with yourself. Then you send it to a loved one. So it might be thinking of grandma or thinking of our Aunt Beppy or, you know, thinking of our, you know, Aunt Patty. Oh, may she be safe. May she be healthy. May she be happy. May she be at peace. Then you go one level out. You go one level to somebody in your community. So it might be the crossing guard or it might be the lunch aide or it might be the Walgreens cashier. And you say, "Mm, may they be safe. May they be healthy. May they be happy. May they be, may they be at peace. And then finally, you go even larger into the world. So you might think of someone that's in conflict at another side of the world or someone that's having a suffering in a different place of the world. And you send your loving kindness out to those people. And so this is a feeling of not only are you kind of resting for yourself and saying, I hope all these things are true for me, but I also hope that they're true for everyone in the world. And that's what we mean when we say we want our kids to have a sense of appreciation, right? We're modeling this, we're encouraging reflection, we're thinking of fun ways to show our appreciation. That's what's going to stop our kids from feeling so spoiled and actually move into a place where they can just appreciate what they have without always wanting to have more. But... The bottom line, though, too, is that kids are going to want more because <laughs> that's how their brains are programmed to develop. So if we get angry at them for these natural feelings of wanting more, it creates a lot of confusion. So we want to validate it. It's okay to want more. It's okay to be upset when we don't get things and we can still have a choice to be appreciative of what we do have. So giving yourself a little grace, giving your kids a little grace. There's a great book that I love called The Berenstain Bears Get the Gimmies. Um, We actually read it around birthday time. We read it around holiday time. And then if my kids are like underneath the Christmas tree and just pulling at things and saying, is this for me? Is this for me? Is this for me? We'll pause and say, ooh, we've got a little bit of the gimmies right now. We've got a little bit of the gimmies. Let's slow our roll down and look around at what we've opened and we're so appreciative of it. Let's take a pause and then we go into it. So keeping that mindful space can also be helpful as you're um, going into the holiday season. So I hope these tips were helpful and that you are possibly ending your Thanksgiving evening being in a more appreciative state, a more grateful state, remembering how you want to model that for your own kids. And I'd love to hear from you if there are any other tips that you have or if any of these things you're trying at home and they're really resonating, please reach out to me. So many people have been doing that with things that I've been sharing. So please reach out. I am at Carly Councils on Facebook and Instagram. Carly Councils, reach out to me. Let me know how you guys are doing. And I hope everyone has a lovely Thanksgiving. Thanks for listening to Good Enough Parenting. If you'd like to learn four simple play therapy techniques you can use at home today to create more calm in your family life, go to paceparent.com forward slash play to get a free video where I'll teach them to you. And you can always hear more from me at Carly Councils on Facebook and Instagram. And if you like what you heard today, please rate, review, subscribe, and share this episode with a friend, a sister, a spouse, any parent who could use a reminder that our kids don't need us to be perfect just good enough. Until next time.